0: It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750. WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404 872 750 or 1 800 WSB Talk.
1: And now, here's Walter. It's 608 on a Saturday morning. Welcome, my friends. Welcome to Lawn and Garden. It's raining out there. I will do the full weather report right here in about eight words. It's raining out there. That's four words. All right. Yeah, you probably knew this already because you're in bed or you're driving and you're very, very aware of how dangerous it is outside to drive right now. Ashley and I both described our drive in as being sort of a white knuckle affair this morning because they're, most everybody is slowing down, being great on the expressway, but occasionally there's some jerk in an SUV go right past us. Oh man, oh man, oh man. So if you can avoid driving this morning, wait until the rain sort of cools off just a little bit this morning. Wait till there's a little less rain outside because the expressways are certainly full of potential for tragedy including the situation down at 285 in Glenwood and we'll keep you updated on that. Alex Williams will take care of that. Make sure that you know what you're doing if you're driving in that area. If you are somewhere near a phone though, if you're not driving, don't want to talk to any drivers this morning that might impair their driving ability. But if you're somewhere where you're not in a car and you want to call us, the number's easy. 404-872-0750. 404-872-0750. Get any garden question answered that you that you like. We would be glad to help you with it. And let me turn on my screen right here to be sure that I can see. There we go. When people are calling in. So Earlier this week, we got all the, all the uh, forecasts. that will be rain this evening, rain tomorrow morning, rain this, that, and the other. And, you know, it did not rain more than sort of a misty sprinkle for the last two or three days. And so each day I could get out and actually garden, could dig some dirt and put some plants in. Now it's pansy planting season, of course. Pike has a great sale going on right now with pansies, and I went down to my local pike and took advantage of that yesterday afternoon and got them in immediately because it just stopped raining for just a minute, so I was able to to get my job done. Pansies are in. Pansies getting watered in right now, and uh, I'm glad for that that I got it done before the rain. One of the things that you will eventually have to do is do the last mowing. Of most grasses, if you notice, I haven't, you probably haven't either, haven't mowed your lawn for at least a week, over two weeks, I guess, now that I haven't had to mow anything because the growth rate of the grass slows down when it gets a little cooler and gets a little bit shorter nights, and so... My son obviously, and I think needs one more mowing, and that'll be it for the season. Your Bermuda, your Zoysia probably will do the same. Keep them at, don't scalp things. I mean, leave a little bit of, of grass showing uh, on your lawn because you don't want to get it down to the scalping, down to a half an inch or an inch or something like that, because scalping grasses this late in the year inevitably is going to make them more susceptible to cold. And even though we think of zoysia grass and Bermuda and centipede as being cold-tolerant, they really are not going to like it if you mow it real low. So be careful. Don't mow your grasses low. Just mow it at a normal height, maybe even a little higher if you want to, and put away the lawnmower yourself. Things that I've been planting, including, as I said, pansies, uh, had a... A new couple of shrubs that I thought, well, this might be interesting in the landscape. But one of the things that Mickey Gazaway from Pike Nursery always says when you're planting something in the late part of the summertime, early fall, planting pansies and snapdragons and various other things, and she says, use a little bit of the miracle grow with a pink top. <laughs> <laughs> so the Miracle Grow with a pink top is or excuse me Osmocote with a pink top what am I talking about Miracle Grow the Osmocote with a pink top is uh, formulated to release nitrogen and nutrients a little bit better in cold soil and that's what we'll have coming up for the next couple of 3 months is cold soil so if you have a little shaker as I do of the of the Osmocote with the pink top on it. That's the stuff to use to make sure that your pansies and other plants get the fertilizer they need. Even though the soil is cold, the pink top stuff will make it a lot easier to have a nice, beautiful-looking pansy display coming up this spring. If you've got a question about what you need to do about your lawn, about your flowers, about how to plant, when to plant, beginners, if you've never, ever, ever asked anybody about gardening but decided that you want to be a gardener, of course, you can call me, 404-872-0750. Coming from, to us from the wilds of Spalding County, our friend Nicole. Nicole, good morning. Mr. Ray. the Nicole, is it raining at your house like it's raining here? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get
2: no rain. I mean, we got probably three or four inch, probably more than that, a rain night and day.
1: I think we should replace our entire weather reportage this morning with that <laughs> recording of you. It is raining. It is really hard right now. Of course, you're a little south of my mom in Fayetteville, and so she's probably getting a lot of rain, too.
2: Um, um mr Reed you know our generation is really productive baby boom really productive
1: Okay. <laughs> why, why do you say that
2: well I, I listen to this show uh it's in Griffin it's buying sale and something mm-hmm. people that get free stuff uh, eggs for sale and uh sale and buy all this stuff anyway I find this man is he had brown eggs for sale yeah I said, "How many you get?" He said, four dozen." I said, "I buy all four dozen." Oh I mean, big brown eggs. And I went to his house, and uh, this man was in wheelchair, but not on concrete, on gravel. Right. And I said, "I was telling myself selling eggs <laughs> with wheelchair." I mean, yeah. our generation really productive. We need to teach young other generation to be. Uh, the same way.
1: Well, It just
2: touched me. You know?
1: Inquiring minds want to know, what are you going to do with four dozen eggs, Nicole?
2: Oh, Mr. Reeve, I eat eggs like you wouldn't believe. I eat uh, uh, boiled eggs. Yeah. I eat the white. <laughs> <laughs> I got all the protein from them, you know, because don't eat no meat.
1: Yeah, if it was the middle of the summer, I would say, well, you're going to the revival with Church on the Grounds, and you would make four dozen in this case, it would be eight dozen um, um, deviled egg Things that you would feed to everybody at the at the revival meeting, but usually churches don't have revival meetings in the middle of October. So <laughs> I guess you'll have to eat all those eggs by yourself.
2: I will, I will, because uh, I went to the store. Anything's better than the store, and they're just going crazy with those eggs. Yeah. Uh, for, huh. for four dozen, it won't last me. It won't last me long.
1: How long? How many uh, chickens does the guy have? Do you think?
2: Oh, I couldn't. I don't have no idea because it was coming in the front. I didn't yeah. ask to go in the back or anything. You know,
1: chickens usually each hen will lay an egg about every day to a day and a half, depending how old they are. And so, if you had, let's say. Twenty chickens, and they gave you uh, twelve or fifteen, maybe eggs in a day. Then that'd be just four days. To accumulate four dozen. So yeah, he did not have. Didn't have to have many, many chickens. Didn't have to have hundreds or thousands or anything like that. He could have maybe a couple dozen. That would give you enough eggs for you, for four dozen eggs, <laughs> and other people that he's that he's serving as well.
2: I just think every time you you, you find an egg, it's like gold. You know,
1: I had not noticed because I don't buy eggs all that often, and uh, I had not noticed how expensive they were until just, I think, last week when I brought a dozen eggs that I hadn't had to buy eggs for probably two months, I guess. Come
2: well, on. when I was kid, we kid, uh, the, the, the ants go lay eggs in the eye grass i mean we had to look but boy when sure, sure. we find it was like five or ten you know <laughs> eggs and my mother she always she said uh, go to see if you find some eggs we got a cake uh, no eggs sometime we come back with no eggs mm-hmm. no cake
1: Oh, darn. Because it eat.
2: was, you know, it
1: was. Ashley says you want to talk about pumpkins this morning. Oh,
2: Sorry, yes. I went downtown uh, Fayetteville yeah. uh, of '92, and uh, last year I had a little time that morning, and I saw all those pumpkins on the ground. Right. I said, "God, go if go I got to stop." Then each pumpkins got uh, the kids done it. Okay, I don't know which which grade or anything, but one you you go around. There's probably a hundred pumpkins. It make you make you smile face because they're all so cute. I mean, there was a cat with the, the tail was like a, a duster, you uh-huh. know, and they had wigs and a ribbon and all kind. of, I mean, just make you smile, make you laugh when, when you left there.
1: Let me go for our listeners right now. If you want to go to a pick-your-own farm, and there are certainly pick-your-own farms, corn mazes, pumpkin patches, and things like that, if you go to my website, WalterReeves.com and just type in um, pick-your-own Type in, pick your own, it's all you need, and it'll take you to the webpage. that has just hundreds of the various farms around metro Atlanta and further out from Atlanta, where you can go and pick pumpkins, or, or, or I guess scupperdong season is about over, where they have a couple of places that have, mus- have uh, muscadine grapes that you can pick, and uh, it's a lot of fun. When the weather cools off a little bit, they have hay rides and maybe a bonfire that you can stand in front of. It's a really, really fun thing to do. And if you need to know where they are, again, Walter Reeves, and type in Pick Your Own to get some details about places that do that.
2: There's a lot of church, uh, I, you know, I give them a little money, too, that sale pumpkin. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. The one uh, St. Timothy Methodist out on Memorial Drive always has a, a big pumpkin display out there. And I know that there are other uh, charitable organizations, including churches and synagogues and such, that have... Uh, Sort of make your money for the Halloween and have pumpkins and they have them for sale. There's another one, let's see, at Shaliford and Briarcliff. Big, lot of pumpkins over there that go by pretty frequently during the day as well.
2: Yes, I mean, just uh, do good. You have to do good every
1: day. And have fun. I mean, those, those pumpkins that you said were painted, that was fun. It's fun for the kid who did it, it's fun for the adult who comes and sees it. That's a terrific combination. Because
2: a lot of imagination. We would never think about that, you know. But boy, (laughs) I saw wigs and I saw oh God, I thought it was so funny.
1: That's great. Nicole, I gotta get out of here, but it's great talking to you.
2: We'll
1: and see, you. Your see you next Saturday. Thanks, Nicole. 404 The number coming up in the next half hour, David and Tucker, was a post-hole digger technique for mass plantings. We'll see whether David is right about doing that or not. Sue and Lars wants to know about other plants to go with butterfly bush. Jerry and Athens needs a fall treatment for new Bermuda sod. And I'll add to that now is the best time to kill fire ants. I'll tell more about that in the next half hour. Right now it's 618 and you're listening to Lawn and Garden. Try to stay dry during this Georgia Bulldogs football weekend on WSB and join us Monday for Atlanta's morning news breaking news from the streets of Atlanta.
3: And the next chance of rain in Kirk Mellish's five-day forecast when you wake up with News 95.5 at AM
1: 750 WSB. And kind a of quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Pretty much it's raining all over Atlanta right now. Temperatures today, oh man, if you go into Athens, I don't know what it's going to be like over there. In Atlanta, it's going to be low 60s most of the day with a 100% chance of precipitation. Tonight, rain r- rain remains in the area with overnight lows in the, let's call it upper 50s. Stay tuned. The full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. David is out in Tucker, Georgia and joins us on Lawn and Garden Hey, David, good morning.
3: Good morning. Yes, indeed. Rain is everywhere. Yeah, yeah. We already had some thunder out here on Tucker.
1: Yeah, I was sort of surprised to hear that. It's not the real high-pitched, you know, immediate neighborhood kind of thunder and lightning and everything, but it was coming from your direction from my house, David. You had all the all the lightning this morning.
3: Indeed. Uh, well, in, in the greater name toward uh, laziness, um, <laughs> I... Uh, was wondering. Uh, I know you can't uh, dig holes, you know, the same size of a root ball or anything like that. But yeah. I'm thinking for really small plants, is there any way to use a post hole digger and you know do the the soil prep in the area that you cleared out because you're not compacting the yeah. soil around
1: it. Yeah, I, I think that makes perfect good sense to me. You're not digging a deep hole with the post hole diggers, but they do allow you to make sort of a, a round area between this and that and the other plant in your landscape so that you have a, a place for your new plants to live, and you could add to that or top dress the, the plant with some uh, real rich soil or some of that um, concentrated landscape mix or some of the garden soil that Pike sells, something that would make the soil around that bulb or around that pansy or whatever to be a little richer than it might have expected otherwise. Yeah.
3: Okay, gosh, I was, I was about to be, I was prepared to be
1: denounced
3: as, no, no, no don't do that a thousand times, no, that was going to be all wrong.
1: You know, one of the things, Dave, one of my handiest uh, little tools that I've got from some manufacturer, I can't even remember the name of this tool, but it's basically a hollow steel tube. It's about eh, two and a half, maybe inches in diameter, and it has a handle at the top, and you can jab it into the ground and lift up a plug of dirt that is perfectly sized for one of the little four-pack pansies from Pike. I used it yesterday, as a matter of fact. And you get this little hole that you can either put the dirt from the tube back into the hole or, like you, put the rich stuff on top of it. But, uh, yeah, you can make little holes. Little holes in the landscape, put your plants in it, and not disturb things around it.
3: Ah, uh, great. I'm, I can do this in good conscience.
1: Maybe tomorrow okay. when it's not raining, maybe you could do it then. Yeah, yeah, I know.
3: <laughs> Is that basically true? Just just wait 24 hours after the rain?
1: Yeah. yeah, exactly. We need a little damp soil, but I don't want you out in the rain this morning. See you soon. Thank you, sir. See you soon, David. Thanks for calling. 627 at News Talk WSB. We've been added to in our in our call list right here. Brandon in White, Georgia wants to know more about crabgrass and Bermuda grass. And Jerry in Athens needs a fall treatment for Bermuda sod. We'll be back right after news.
0: It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 AM 7:50 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center, playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK.
1: And now, here's Walter. 6:36 on a Saturday morning, 56 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener. I'm here to bring you more success in your landscape and perhaps every once in a while just a tiny little bit of happiness. If you're not happy most of the time when you're gardening, then you got way too much garden, way too much lawn, way too much landscape. You need to be happy. That's the only reason to do much of anything these days, to be happy. I'm happy this morning. I hope you are as well. And Jerry in Athens, I hope we can get him to be happy too. Hey, Jerry, good morning.
3: Uh, good morning to you. Thank you. Um, we're moving into a new home mm-hmm. next week. It uh, it's been sodded, the yard sodded, and yeah. it looks like it's taken the you know pretty good hold. Uh, I would my guess is it was sodded around mid-August or Sorry. so, something around there. Right. Uh, I don't think much more has been done to it than the fact that it's been laid. And just wanted to get a sense of um, you know if it's too late to. to To add anything or whatever just let it go and do something in the beginning of the spring
1: according to the turf and soil scientists that I know from the University of Georgia which is right there of course in Athens They say that after about the middle of September, little of the fertilizer that you put down is going to be absorbed by the Bermuda grass. It is going right. dormant. It's on its own schedule of the day length and nighttime temperatures and things like that that influence it to go dormant and turn brown. And putting fertilizer on could delay that. It could make it a little bit less uh, likely to to survive during the winter time. And I guess there are other things that they know that I don't, but. Bottom line is most of them say after the middle of September There's not a whole lot of advantage to fertilizing or doing anything else Other than put down a pre-emergent to keep the weeds away And sure. uh, mowing that last time that I mentioned earlier this morning So that's about right. it
0: All right, well that sounds easy enough Yeah, just, uh, yeah. easy didn't enough not want to miss an opportunity
1: want to make sure that everybody has an easy enough answer to do And doesn't require a whole lot of work
0: Right, well thank you
1: You bet, thanks for calling Jerry four oh four eight seven two zero seven fifty gauge we need to take Jerry's place. Sue, is that in Lawrenceville this morning? Sue, hey, good morning. Good morning. How can I help?
2: Um I'm gonna be putting a butterfly bush in a new bed, Yeah. And it's pretty shaded. I wondered what else I could put in there.
1: Why do you think the the uh, butterfly bush is gonna be happy in the shade?
2: Well, it's only going to be moved about 10 feet, Uh and it's doing pretty well where it is.
1: Okay, but just remember, it's it's a full sun plant. Butterfly bush wants as much sun as you can give it, and if you move it back into more shade from where it is right now, it might not be very happy.
2: Well, what can I put in there, then?
1: Well, what are you looking for? What kind of plant generally do you want there?
2: Perennials and low maintenance. Uh
1: Uh-huh. You know what? A plant that I have used a number of times, and this is an almost complete shade during the day, is called Variegated Solomon's Seal. And it is deciduous, so sadly it won't stay green or green and white, I guess, during the wintertime. But I love Variegated Solomon's Seal. Uh, Autumn Fern fern does fabulously well in the shade, so that would be a good one to put in there. Um, what else? you got some Leucothwees, or dog hobble is another name for it, but if you go to a garden center and say, I need some Leucothwee, they'll know what you mean. You put akuba back there. Akuba has nice, glossy green leaves, little yellow dots all over. I saw a beautiful one at the Pike at Town Lake last weekend when I was doing the remote there. Um, and if you go to my website and just type in plant list, it'll have a whole Collection of lists of plants for wet places, plants for dry places, plants in the sun, plants in the shade, plants for screening, and you could look at that list and choose the one that says perennials for shade, and maybe get some more ideas. Mm-hmm. But I, um,
2: I, I have another quick question. I've been putting little bits of peelings under the um, under the dirt. Yeah in various places. How long does that take to compost like that? I
1: mean, they're real small. I would say not long at all. The smaller they are, the easier it is for the earthworms and other things that decompose the uh, organic matter in the soil. I would say within two weeks, you probably should not be able to see anything. No apple peels. Bananas might last a little bit longer. Oranges will last, for sure, a lot longer, maybe four to five weeks. But for More like and cucumbers and potato peelings.
2: Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like 10 days, 2 weeks, something like that. They should be completely decomposed and out of the way. Okay. All right. All right, then. Thanks for Thank calling, you. Sue. Thanks Bye for calling. Now. Comes now. Let's see who's next in the line. we got Brandon in uh, White, Georgia. Brandon, hey, good morning. Welcome to Lawn and Garden. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm fabulous. How can I help, Brandon?
3: Well, I've got a question for you. I bought a, uh, a home... A few years ago, the foreclosure, and uh, actually the yard was destroyed. Mm. Um, we've spent a lot of time out there trying to get it cut down and managed, maintained. We put up a lot of bricks and borders around the yard, making it you know just one level lot. Yeah, great. Um, the Bermuda grass um, looked horrible when we first started. We've slowly gotten it back, you know, just through naturally cutting and the sun taking over, I and everything. We haven't really done much fertilization just because we're uneducated, Okay, but uh, we've got some crabgrass that we're trying to get control of, and the yard is green as of now, Um, and I'm I'm looking for some advice on what to do as far as crabgrass control goes and to get this yard ready to go to the springtime in order to maintain it and, and keep it as green as possible.
1: I got great news for you. What's that? You don't have to do anything to control crabgrass right now. Awesome. Crabgrass is an annual grass, meaning that it dies out during the wintertime and okay. only comes back from seed next spring, sometime in early April, I guess, is when it germinates. And so, for crabgrass, if you have crabgrass, it has just dropped seeds—thousands, maybe a million seeds—all over the lawn. But the crabgrass itself is going to die; it'll be dead by the by the end of October. Great. But wait, wait, wait! But I do have a couple of things you could do. Okay. One is to uh what's the county so what's the county seat in white georgia
3: uh it's cherokee
1: county okay in cherokee county so go to the cherokee county extension office it's 1-800-ASK-UGA1 is the phone number there and so call the cherokee county extension office and say how do i bring in a soil sample that you can send to the lab at the university of georgia to see how much lime i need because if you have this. Sort of, I have a vision in my head of what this little house looks like And my vision is there's a lot of clay And there's been a good bit of earth moving around And so you really don't know how much fertilizer to give a lawn Unless you have a soil test It says the pH is us and so You need to add so many pounds of lime To get it prepared for putting fertilizer on it next, uh, next April or May So okay. that's one thing you got plenty of time to do You can do it this winter and get the uh, test results back And they'll tell you exactly what kind of fertilizer you need for your Bermuda grass
3: Okay. Now, when I go to uh, to fertilizing the spring, do I need to to aerate or just top, just over the top of everything?
1: Use your observational skills, I guess, is what you need to do. And if the ground seems to be really soft, if you take a a screwdriver and try to stick it into the ground, if it really, really won't go more than half an inch to an inch, aeration will help, and you do that in May. And do I need to dethatch it or just leave it alone? Yeah, the lawn? usually speaking, dethatching is, uh, it would be appropriate for a real highly maintained lawn, but this okay. doesn't sound like that's what you're doing. No, sir. Clean. With my
3: schedule, I work full time for the fire department, yeah. so I don't really have a whole lot of time.
1: Yeah, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. So aeration, if you get some chance, some time on a Saturday or Sunday to rent an aerator and aerate okay. do that in May. But right now, for the crabgrass control, not much. Now, I'll give you one more thing, though. Again, this is from my vision of what the house looks like. I'll bet you there are a lot of um, annual seeds that germinate in the wintertime. Crabgrass germinates in summer. Like I said earlier, it germinates usually first to the middle of April. But there are winter weeds that germinate sometime in September October. And they can be prevented. You can prevent some of those weeds from coming up by putting what's called a pre-emergent you know what a pre-emergent is. Yes, sir. Okay, so if you'll follow the label, of course, the time to put the pre-emergent out was probably three days ago, when before the rains came. But <laughs> anyway, put get some uh, pre-emergent and uh, put that down. And one of the things, Brandon, that I'm sort of real curious about: how big is the lawn? How can tell me how big in square feet this lawn? It's about is. Um, it's about four thousand square feet. Have you measured it? Yes, sir. And you measure with a tape measure and multiplied the. Yes, sir. We had a
3: landscape company come out and uh, do some measurement, yeah. and uh, plant for plant for us and things like that. Yeah. So they they did the measuring, but I just I didn't really want to spray chemicals on it. Right. Uh, we've got a couple of dogs and two kids. You know, the, the typical. Southern Georgia household, sure. so I didn't I didn't know if it was
1: good, bad, or indifferent, so we just just mopped it. Yeah, to, to my knowledge there's nothing unsafe about using a pre-emergent. Usually the way okay. you put it down is to let it out uh, evenly across the lawn, and then water it in, or hopefully a rain okay. comes the next day or two. But if you choose okay. not to use it, then the other thing to do is just simply maintain your grass as best you can. Fertilize it the Bermuda about three times during the summer. Make sure that grass is real healthy, because healthy grass helps to Control weeds. Basically, the awesome. grass, if it's man, if it's uh, uh, taken care of and maintained properly, then the grass is your best herbicide and weed preventer, all rolled into one.
3: That's great, man. I greatly appreciate your help. You have a wonderful day and try to stay
1: dry. <laughs> I'm indoors right now. Thank right, goodness thank for you. that. Thanks for calling, Brandon. All right, bye bye. We've got uh, Arthur. I think we can get Arthur in here. Hey, Arthur. Good morning. Morning, sir. Good morning. How can I help?
0: Uh, my subdivision is about fifteen years old Mm -hmm. and we have a lot of crape myrtles and we have one section where the crape myrtles are typically trimmed back to maybe ten feet tall and this spring some of the bushes put out nothing at the top Mm -hmm. and only at the base and some of them about half the tree put out leaves and they're all clustered probably over three lots
1: Huh. Who did the pruning? Who, who uh, maintained them? Well, we have a landscape company. Uh, and do these, you know what time of year? Do you remember when the pruning was uh, done? During they, the they typically prune, and the
0: rest of them they pruned are all fine. Hmm. And I was wondering if we just had something in this one particular area, because the the trees have been in probably 15 years.
1: It is in, in my experience, it's doubtful that there's something in the soil that affected the crepe myrtles, and so they didn't put foliage on. My best guess is that they were pruned separately. The two sections of good crepe myrtles and the bad crepe myrtles were pruned at separate times. Even within a week, might be enough time for cold weather to have come in after the pruning of the bad looking crepe myrtles for cold weather during the winter time to have come in and frozen a bunch of the uh, leaf buds on it. So that's a guess. It's a shot in the dark, but it would explain why the two of them are so different from each other. Some look great, some look not so great. If the ones that are not so great were pruned at a time that would stimulate bud growth and were followed by a pretty cold uh, couple of days down into the mid-twenties, that would explain the situation to my satisfaction. But I can't, you know, I can't immediately, I don't have a picture to look at it so yeah. I can see anything else, but that's the well, next
0: They, they leafed up right at the ground level. Yeah. And, and my concern yeah. was, do we need to just pull them out? Because they? Mm-hmm. Will they ever come back out at the top again? Probably no. not. If,
1: they, if they're not, if they don't have any leaves now, they're not going to come back.
0: Okay, so, so the homeowners. Association just needs to go in
1: and <laughs> and do some heavy work. Yeah, pretty much. Somebody's got to pull them out. You can put another crepe myrtle there if you want to, or some other small type tree. Forest pansy, redbud would look nice. Some of the Coosa dogwoods look great this time of year. So you can put other trees besides crepe myrtle. But if somebody yeah. wants to put a crepe myrtle back, there's no reason not to. Just keep an eye on how the pruning is done. Okay. All right. Thank you, Mr. Walter. It's Have good a good day. You, Arthur. Thanks so much for calling. 6.48 on a Saturday morning. You're listening to Lawn and Garden. This is Scott Slate, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750
3: WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend, and the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5
1: at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves the Lawn and Garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security and Music by Scott Maxim. And Scott has said today we're just going to change the name of Atlanta to Atlanta because you're going to have wet all day long. It's going to rain all day long. The temperatures, well, maybe get up to the 60s, 90%. Is a hundred percent chance of rain, Scott. You haven't got this weather report right. It's a hundred percent chance of rain overnight. Rain continues with lows in the upper fifties. The full weekend forecast comes in ten minutes on News 95.5 and AM seven fifty WSB. Linda is up and coming, and she joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Linda. Good morning. Good. How are you? I'm fine. How can I help? Uh, got a, a Meyer lemon, a really
0: small Meyer lemon tree in a ten yep. inch pot. Okay. And I just wondered when when you bring it in and When can you expect Blooms on it Next next season
1: It'll bloom Oddly enough It's going to bloom During the winter time When you have it inside Sometime mine will bloom January, February Somewhere in there Smells great It's fabulous In my sunroom It just really smells good Okay I've got a a
0: friend That's going to keep it for me Because I don't have enough light I'm going to She's gonna, She's got a window
1: that she can keep it in. Be sure you have a visitation agreement so she can come <laughs> over every couple of days, smell the, the Meyer lemon. Mm. Um, as far as when to bring it in, mm. I usually do it sometime when Kirk says, well, we're going to have cooler weather like in the 40s at mm. night. If it's 40s at night, that's time to bring any tender plants indoors. As
2: I noticed, it's already lost a couple of leaves on the bottom.
1: I don't know if that's any big deal yeah, okay. particularly. Make sure that the, that the pot that's outside does drain when rain mm-hmm. comes in because I have several times found various plants that i have outdoors in pots that somehow the roots have gotten into the little drain hole in the bottom and clogged it up and it just sort of gets full of water whenever it rains and that's certainly not good for any plant to have
2: any fertilization now
1: you know i put a little bit on just a tiny little smidge of miracle grow or something like that okay um one of the things you can do i'll tell you something you should do before you take the um The plant over to your friend's house Mm -hmm. Is to spray it with an organic insecticide Like uh, insecticidal soap or insecticidal oil Trying your best to get underneath the bottom of the leaves I'm saying this so emphatically Because Mr. Reeves, the host of the Lawn and Garden Mm -hmm. Show You've heard of him before Mm -hmm. He had a horrible time with spider mites On his Meyer lemon Mm -hmm. last year indoors Because he hadn't sprayed with the insecticidal soap And the oil before he took it in And uh, it was barely clinging to life When I took it outside Mm -hmm. When it got into sunshine, it leafed out again. Everything's fine. It's forgiven me. I hope this year I'm going to be better. I'm going to keep the spider mites off of that Meyer lemon.
0: So you don't take it out when it's sunny outside, even during the Mm -hmm. warm day? Not during
1: the winter. I don't think it's going to make any difference to it. Mm -hmm. More work, and I don't think you need to. Okay. All right. All right. Great. Great thanks. talking to you. Linda, thanks uh-huh. for calling. All right. Bye-bye. Our number is 404-872-0750. If you have a garden question, a lawn question, a shrub question, or just simply how to stay dry during the, <laughs> during the early fall, give me a call. 404-872-0750. We'll be back right after news. Love!